You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David. Heaven. The Resurrection and Relationships We are currently being prepared for heavenly relationships. Similarly, heaven provides a place to prepare us for resurrection relationships. Illumination regarding our relationships with those in heaven may be found within the reports of Jesus' post-resurrection interactions. His resurrection is the pattern of every believer's future. Those interchanges provide a promise for our futures. They will begin at the highest possible level of love and truth and light and go on from there, from the greater to the lesser. The general resurrection is the door to the destinies of every body who ever lived. Except for a select people, at the end of this age, we justified ones get the privilege of going to heaven before we are raised from the dead. What an amazing foretaste that will be of all the ages to come. In the same way that in this life there are previews of the powers of the ages to come, so heaven is a prelude to the resurrection. This life's best experiences are amplified in heaven. Heaven's best experiences are promises waiting to be fulfilled after our resurrection. It is wonderful now, and we will experience its wonder then. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, as it is written, Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Are people in heaven aware of what is going on here? I recognize my limitations in answering this question. The best I can immediately come up with to affirm this probability is from Revelation 6. So I'll read Revelation 6, 9 through 11. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe, And they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. Either the souls who are present in heaven know what is going on through observation, or they receive reports from recently arrived martyrs. No matter what the source of information, they are concerned and they intercede. Will we know one another? Is that a biblical hope? Just as heaven speaks of facets of our lives after our resurrection, so also can we work backwards. There are elements of reality we shall experience after the general resurrection that will be ours, though admittedly less vibrant 
in heaven. We get hints of this promised future in the New Covenant scriptures when they describe the resurrected king's interaction with people. As in all things most holy pertaining to humanity, our king, Jesus, is the pattern. Jesus' disciples had interaction with him after his resurrection. We know that in one instance the Lord went out of his way to ensure that he was recognized and to communicate that his resurrection was real. I am referring to Jesus' interaction with Thomas. Quite frankly, the Lord encouraging Thomas to physically examine his wounds was an invitation to an uncomfortable amount of intimate self-disclosure. Here's the record, John 20, 27. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Not only after his resurrection, but also after he was glorified, Yeshua could be recognized. Stephen knew who he was. In the moments before the first martyr's death, he saw Jesus, the Son of Man. Stephen knew who he saw. Acts 7, 55 and 56. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. John, in the midst of his exile, was aware of who was revealed on that Lord's day. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white, like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it has been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. Revelation 1 12 through 16. What does it say of the Son of Man that he bent over, placed his hand on his undone disciple, and told his apostle to calm down? He then revealed himself in a way that has comforted and amazed people for practically two millennia. Here's the record, Revelation 1, 17 and 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me, saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. In his glorified state, he was an understanding, empathetic, insightful person who was able to effectively communicate with those he loved. Let's work with this pattern and apply it to our hope expectations. If the disciples knew Jesus after his resurrection, then you will know loved ones who precede your arrival in heaven. By the way, Jesus knew his disciples too. That goes without saying, but my point is that you will be known by those who are now at home with God. The Lord's love was not abandoned in the tomb when he arose. He had special affection for those who, though flawed in their character, were loyal to him. For instance, 
Peter. Peter was not a whole human being, yet Jesus had a special care for Peter. He said, Mark 16, verse 7, Tree of Life version, But go and tell his disciples and Peter, He is going before you to the Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And Peter. Remember that. He knows our names, too. Jesus maintained his relationship with one of his best friends. In the same way, those with whom you had a special relationship will have a unique relationship with you when you arrive in heaven. But was Jesus always recognizable? Sometimes he had to deliberately reveal himself. As he did, Jesus revealed his wounds, his desires, his promises, and the deepest aspects of his true identity. He also revealed his glory. It is likely that there will be aspects of self-revelation imparted to us from those we knew best and loved most. After all, who knows another perfectly in this life? Who can say that they have revealed themselves completely? We can't admit this. We don't even know ourselves. To conclude this meditation, according to Revelation 6, we may cautiously conclude that those who are present with the Lord know about what is going on in our lives. Also, Jesus, risen Messiah, provides us with a pattern of our future relationships. Accordingly, the depths of the goodness of the Holy Spirit, united and fused with our souls, is going to be revealed through a fuller manifestation of who we really are. It's going to be an amazing experience when, in heaven, we relate to those we knew on earth. They are in the beginnings of the full revelation of God's intention for them. They are going to be the renewed and improved people we knew. You will recognize and know them, and the relationships will reveal the ever-fresh splendor of eternal life. If the disciples could interact with the risen Messiah, then you will be able to commune with your loved ones who are present with the Lord. These are reasonable expectations that help to make our future in heaven heavenly. They are something to look forward to. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. The theme song is Skirmish from the album Spontaneous Combustion by Leonard Jones. David has written several books, including God's True Love and his latest, The Meditations of My Heart, Developing a Healthy Inner Narrative, which contains a collection of daily devotionals. You can find links to these and others by visiting loveofgodproject.org and clicking on the book section. If you'd like to reach out to David, you can go to our Facebook page, Love and War DH, or send an email to loveofgodproject at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends.